I want to just say three things about giving, um, which I hope might be useful. Three things I was thinking about. As I've thought about my giving, I guess one of the questions is where to give and, and why, really. Why give and invest your time here or in a place? Um, and I think the answer to that question for me is that place really matters. I think we've forgotten as a society that geography and place is really important. Um, I did a, a talk, must have been about 18 months ago now, about why place is a theological concept, why geography really matters. And I, I read a book about it, and I can't go into the detail of the book, but the book talked about the incarnation and was saying Jesus came to a place. He didn't come to go on an itinerant speaking tour around the known world. He came to a place to demonstrate how to make friends with people, to demonstrate how to live in relationship with people, to demonstrate how to go through the joys and the sadnesses of life with people. He came to the Sea of Galilee and spent the, you know, virtually all of his life with the odd trip to Jerusalem there, in place, rooted in a place. And I think in our society, we've forgotten that place and geography is really important. If I just skip on two slides, my life looks a little bit like this sometimes where I've got my sort of networks of relationships, and I'm not knocking this in the slightest because they're really important, but I've got my work relationships, and I've got, you know, I, I don't, you can tell, but my sports club relationships. <laughs> um, you know, I'm part of a football team on a Thursday night. I've got my, I go to an art class once a month because I think that's really important, and I've got, I'm part of a quiz team on a Sunday evening, and, you know, my family and friends overlap a bit because they sort of know each other a bit, and... Then there are the neighbours where I live, and that's a completely different place to the rest of my life. And I think sometimes our lives are split into these networks of relationships. And I think that's a great thing. I think there's a challenge with that, actually. I think the challenge for me is that we sometimes, I sometimes, end up creating my relationships in my own image. So I'm part of a football team because it's people my age, it's people my gender, it's people who've got the same interest as me. I'm part of a quiz team because it's people who are interested in the same sorts of things I'm interested in. My friends are all the people that share the same sense of humour that I share. I end up creating networks of relationships that all look a bit like me. And I think, and this book was saying, that the incarnation is about something different. It's about being forced to be inclusive. Jesus came to a place and interacted with everybody that he met. Single, married, young, old, gay, straight absolutely everybody in that community. And I think geography forces us to be inclusive. In this community here, our job is just to be friends, be in relationship with the people here, whoever they are, whatever their story, whatever their background. And I think our networks of relationships sometimes drive us away from that. Why give here? Why invest in community, in geography? for that reason. It doesn't need to be here. For those of you who are not from here, it could be somewhere else. But I would say invest in place, in geography. It's really important. Second thing I want to say um, is about reckless generosity. We talk a lot, don't we, about being self-controlled. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit, and I think that's really important. I think there's a sense, perhaps, in the Bible about if you're going to be reckless about anything, if you're going to be abandoned, if you're going to be abundant with anything, be generous, be loving be other-centred. And I don't think this is just to do with our money. This is to do with the way we spend our time. This is to do with the way we're friends with people. This is to do with all of the ways in which we can give ourselves. Be other-centred, I think the Bible says. I think Jesus says, be, don't be self-centred. Be other-centred 
even if it might be uncomfortable. Um, I was on holiday with Anna over the summer, and, um, and we were talking just as we started our holiday about what type of holiday we were going to have and how much money we were going to spend. And I remember saying, oh, we're on holiday. Let's, you know, let's just be a bit reckless. You know, let's have a nice time. Let's just not worry too much about the finances. It's so easy, isn't it, for me to be recklessly abandoned when it comes to being generous to myself. Am I that level of recklessly abandoned to other people? No, no. Um, when I first came to start working for Oasis, I remember Steve um, talked a lot about the first sign, the first miracle in John's Gospel. There are seven um, signs in John's Gospel. Um, the first one is the wedding at Cana. You know, when Jesus turns up and they've run out of wine and Jesus turns the water into wine. And I remember Steve saying that this was just an example. There's no question about why this was the first miracle in John's Gospel because Jesus was turning up to say, life is good. I want to celebrate life with you. And I think our job as a community, when we're thinking about giving, is to celebrate that life genuinely is good, despite all of the challenges. I think, and Steve talked about this last week, we're supposed to be a foretaste of the kingdom of God coming. We're supposed to be the people who say, life is good. What's coming is good. And I think that's what John's, the first miracle in John's gospel is all about. It's about Jesus, and Steve used to use this quote, Jesus saying, the drinks are on me. Life is good. And I think that is what we're here to do when we think about giving. I think this plays into the concept of tithing. Um, some of you will know in the Old Testament there's this concept of um, giving away 10% of your income. And I think for some people that's a really helpful guide. For other people it's far too much and that just isn't appropriate. For other people it's far too little. So I don't want to knock tithing. I think, actually, that could be a really helpful principle. On the other hand, I think there is something written into the things Jesus says, the things the New Testament says, the things, for that matter, the Old Testament says, about this just abundance of generosity. I think if we've got hearts and minds that are other-centered, that want to give and love recklessly, I think our money will probably follow that motivation third thing I want to say, and then I'm going to stop, is, and we talk about this a lot, don't we, that there's this principle written into the Bible and the things Jesus says about giving is good for other people. It is a good thing to do for other people. On the other hand, it's also good for us. It changes us. There are loads, and this is a completely different analogy, but examples of how that works. When Jesus says in Matthew's Gospel, he says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. He doesn't say do that because it will be good for them because you're loving your enemies. It'll, life will be better for them if you're loving towards them. He says love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you in order that you may become the children of your Father in heaven. He says do it and it will change you. And I think that's the same principle built into giving. The Bible talks about it all the time. Give and it's helpful to other people but it will change you too. There's this famous quote again from Matthew. It says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I think that's a call for us to practice. That's a call for us to put our treasure, our time, our money, our energy, our commitment to the place we want our heart to be. If we want our heart to be generous and other-centered, put your money there. If we want our heart to be giving to other people, put our time and energy there and do it even when it might be uncomfortable. Um, the background there is our thing that we talk about a lot, the nine habits, um, the 
It's actually the fruits of the Spirit written in some slightly different words, and we talk about them a lot as a community. And say that if we want to look like that, we've got to practice doing it, and do it even when we can't really be bothered. Give even when it doesn't really make sense right in this moment. Be generous even when it'd be easier not to bother right in that moment. I think when it says, love where your treasure is, your heart will be also, it's a call to practice putting your treasure where your mouth is. So finally, I would say, how am I investing in the kingdom of God here? How am I being a giving person in the kingdom of God here? Could I give my time and my energy in a different way? And you've heard so many things already this morning about opportunities for you to do just that. Coming along to the Tim Vine thing, going to the storytelling thing in the coffee house, volunteering as part of the youth work team here. Could I give my time and my energy in a different way? Could I think about the way I use my money? And this is not a guilt trip in the slightest, um, but I've noticed in my life that, that sometimes I can be, not everybody is like this, but a little bit lazy with my money. And so as I was preparing for this sermon, I was talking to Ro about how much money I give, and I thought I actually give more than I actually do. And the gap is just because I didn't know. Um, and actually, I suspect there are some other people sitting in the room there where that just finding out might be a, a useful thing. Could I give regularly in terms of standing orders? Maybe that's appropriate for me, maybe it's not. But is that something I could think about? Could I support um, things across the year that are helpful to give to other people? When there's a winter fair on the farm, the winter fair will be generating income and will be generating support and enthusiasm for that fantastic project. Could I give my time there? When it's carol singing on the station, it's not just a random thing Nathan's doing. It's actually integral to the mission of our church community together. Could I give my time there? Could I give my time, could I give my energy to the pastoral life of the church? Could I be part of the prayer group that sit up at the back after the services? Could I lead a small group? Do I want to be in a small group? Could I get involved in the children's work that happens here on a Sunday morning? There are so many different opportunities, and sometimes they can feel a bit like the, the sort of hit list of the Oasis charity. Actually, they're the integral part of our mission as a church together, aren't they? Um, so if we want those things to happen, you know, we've got to throw our time and energy and money into those things. And so I'm literally going to stop now. I think as we're looking at baptism services, and we're going to be involved in a baptism service in a moment for three people, Steve told that great story, I think he told it a couple of weeks ago, about Mother Teresa and that really rich man who pitched up to her office in Calcutta, I guess, and, and slid an envelope across the table to her and said, you need to open this envelope, it's going to be really important for you. And Mother Teresa ignored the man and just talked to him about his life. He's a multi-millionaire, a billionaire. Um, and he got a bit agitated and said, no, no, you really do need to open the envelope. It, you know, it's going to be fantastically important to the work that you do. And Mother Teresa ignored him a second time and continued to talk to him about his life. And eventually, he decided he was going to have to just press the point and said, look, you need to open the envelope. It's got a check in it for over a million pounds, and it's going to just revolutionize the work you do. And Mother Teresa pushed the envelope back across the table and said, Jesus doesn't want your money. He wants you. He wants all of your life, good and bad. And I think as we're going to celebrate this baptism service together in a moment, what a fantastic demonstration that people are making of that understanding, that Jesus doesn't want just the little bits of our life. He doesn't just want the money, but I'll have the rest of it, thanks. He wants all of our lives, good and bad. He wants us to be with him, full stop. Um, so as you think about giving today, why don't you think about that principle, that Jesus wants 
all of our lives. Uh, let me pray for you as we finish. Lord, thank you for being the God that inspires us with a big vision for a world changed, a world where the kingdom of God breaks through in the challenges of our lives. Lord, uh, challenge us to be generous people, recklessly generous people, people who know that place matters, geography matters, the people around us matter, people who are prepared to give even when it might be uncomfortable. And Lord, I thank you for everybody here and the generous generosity of the people in this congregation. I pray that we together can see the kingdom of God built here in this community. Amen.